six always. That's, that's for the culture. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to another issue of the Bucks and Six podcast. I'm your host, DJ DeHoya, and we are on issue nine, predicting the unpredictable. First of all, the season has officially started. I'm just going to say, shit, where are all those Nets fans at now? No, see, <laughs> now all jokes aside, the Bucks played a very, very solid opening game against the Nets. I mean, Giannis looked unguardable. Everybody was on their P's and Q's. Drew did what go down, and we saw how much of an impact he has in today, where we got absolutely fucking slapped. But, I mean, Brooke was out as well. The matchup against Miami, I think, is one that'll be very interesting to watch throughout the year. I'm very excited for that next game. Fingers crossed, though, that everybody's healthy when that does happen. But, shoot, aside from that, I mean, it's been a nice few days of games. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets came back from a 20-point deficit. Chris Duarte looked really nice in that game. LaMelo Ball looked really nice in that game. The Celtics and the Knicks already had a classic game. And that was probably that's probably going to be the best game throughout the entire season for like a while, I'd say. Double overtime. Jason Tatum kind of played hero ball a bit too much, but I digress. Overall, I am just very, very, very happy that NBA basketball is back. We get to watch men bounce balls around each other for a nice solid eight months straight. But you all already know how we started around here. But if this is your first time listening, welcome. Again, I'm DJ and we start every issue with a take of the day. Let's get to that right now. For this issue, my take of the day is Golden State returns to form and is a legitimate contender in the West. First of all, Klay Thompson is coming back. Therefore, the greatest scoring, not scoring, the greatest three-point scoring, three-point shooting duo of all time and probably will be for quite a while until Cannon Curry becomes into the league. Klay Thompson is coming back. And I know in my They Got Next issue, I did say he was going to slump. However... When I, while I'm recording this, the Warriors just played their game. I think you can tell how much they are missing Clay. I think despite the fact that Jordan Poole has really come into started to come into his own, hasn't come to his own yet, but he's right on that uh he's right on the tip. Pause. Nah, but for real. The Golden State Warriors are a very fun team to watch, very solid team, and I think as the season goes on and they all continue to grow their chemistry and whatnot, that's a dangerous team right there. And you add back the second greatest shooter in the league. So to tie that all into a nice, nice, neat little bow, Golden State's going to be a threat in the West. Dare I say top seed. I'm not guaranteeing they're going to be a top seed, but I am guaranteeing that they're going to be a force in the West. And to give that guarantee as well, I got my boy Chuck. Chuck, give that a guarantee. Appreciate it always, Chuck. Now. As I said earlier, this issue is called Predicting the Unpredictable. So what we're going to be looking at is all the records that Bleacher Report, I say again, Bleacher Report, these aren't my predictions, projecting all these teams to have and guessing, would I take the over, the under, or are they just right? We're going to start in the East and we're going to go division by division, but evidently we're going to be touching on every team and giving a little, you know, not as in-depth as uh, They Got Next was, but just uh, overall quick idea of what I think of the number that they've been giving now without a doubt the Bucks are going to repeat but <laughs> biases aside let's get right into it we got the Atlantic division but before that we're gonna take a little intermission I'll see y'all in a bit all right up first we have the Atlantic division starting off with Philadelphia 50 at 32 I would definitely take the under here 
as it is right now, there's no Ben Simmons. A little sad about that because he's on my fantasy team. Not only that, if Ben Simmons isn't there, I think with Joel Embiid's injury history and just the fact that he won't play 82 games, I don't know if 50 wins is very feasible. You're telling me Tobias Harris is going <laughs> to carry that team when Joel's out? I don't think so. Now, don't get me wrong. Tobias Harris is a solid guy, but I think people forget the fact that He's a borderline 20 point per game scorer getting paid max money. And in my opinion, that is very whack. But hey, the dude got paid. Congrats to him and his family. That's all that matters. But with a record of 50 and 32, I really don't see Philly getting to that. Now with Brooklyn, we got 54 and 28. I would definitely take the over here. I think regardless of the state right now, Kyrie Irving will eventually play whether he gets vaccinated or Brooklyn just like, shit, man, we want to win a chip. Come on, come on, come on. Even if Kyrie doesn't play, this will be one of the best offenses the league has ever seen. You literally have a generational shooting guard who's top five in his position of all time. A generation wing who's like top three in all time. As well as a bunch of old all-stars who have all been like top guys at their positions. I think much like the Lakers, this is a team that's built for the playoffs. But the fact that they're going to be successful in... The regular season is like riding on the wall. So 54 and 28, I can definitely see Brooklyn being a 60-win team, honestly. Up next, right across the Brooklyn Bridge. I think that's what separates them. I don't even know. I'm I'm Canadian, but we got the New York Knicks or the Knickerbockers. 46 and 36, I'd say this is about right. They're building off the momentum from last year. I think they went 41 and 21 or something. I don't know. Yeah, 41 and 21 because that's 72, but okay. Moving on from discussing the record last year, they're building off of the momentum from last year and they significantly upgraded the team. If you watched that, again, that Boston and New York game is literally probably going to be considered the best game of the season for a while. Evan Fournier hooped his ass off. Kemba Walker came to play. Julius Randle, super solid through four quarters. Mitchell Robinson didn't foul out. What a surprise. And even Obi Toppin was playing super solid. As I said earlier, 46 and 36, I think that's about right. If anything, they might win a couple more games, but I'm not confident enough to say hammer the over there. And moving from there, we got the team that they beat. Boston, 47 and 35. I'd take the over here as well. They're going to be one of the best teams in the league this year, I think. Robert Williams played super solid and he just got paid. And I think he's showing that he was well worth the money, even a steal in my opinion. Jason Tatum is obviously... Struggled that day, but still put up some nice numbers. Jalen Brown, though. Whew. I think people forget that Jalen Brown is, I think, at the same level, if not slightly ahead of Jason Tatum, even though he is. Well, I mean, Jason Tatum's younger, but you know what I mean. That is one of the best dynamic duos in the league, and I think could definitely make some noise in the East. Would very much love to see a series with them in the Bucks. I think that would be very entertaining. They didn't have Al Horford, but I think them getting him back is going to be super beneficial. Because, I mean, last time Al Horford was there, they made the Easter Conference Finals. So 47-35, I'd definitely take the over there. Now, Toronto at 34-48. and 48. Unfortunately, Ruben, if you ever listen, bro, taking the under here. I'm sorry. I think the idea of the Toronto Raptors is much better than what we've actually gotten. If you watched that first game, the spacing was really bad, in my opinion. Even though the fact that they can run a lineup where there's no guy under 6'6 is nice. If you counteract that with a team that can shoot like crazy, like say the Warriors, I don't know, man. Defensively, it sounds nice, but when it comes to offense, maybe not so much. I think with Toronto, a lot of the year is really just surviving till Pascal Siakam comes back. It's just a matter of if they can do that. And I think as it is right now, overreacting based off the very first game of the season, I'd take the under on that. But 
for a little bit of a silver lining, I will say I don't think it'd be that that many games under 34 wins. Now that's going to do it for the Atlantic. Let's head over to the Central. Now, y'all already know the Central Division is the home of the best basketball team in the world right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, 54 and 28. Fuck yeah, I'm taking the over there, baby. Giannis has a jumper. That's all I'm going to say. The team's going to have even more chemistry than they did in their championship run, especially with that big three, them just playing together more and more. Nothing but good things can come of that. And I just the fact that Giannis's jumper is both quicker, as well as his free throws aren't on the borderline of 12 seconds. AKA Usain Bolt is quicker at running 100 meters than it takes Giannis to get a free throw up. League better watch out. Giannis is winning his third MVP this year, his second DPOY. Shit, man. They should just start him on the bench looking with sixth man of the year too. But getting a little bit off topic there, Milwaukee at 54 and 28, I would definitely take the over here. I can see them winning 60 games, maybe even more. Moving on from there, we got Indiana at 44 and 38. I'd take the under here. Indiana is just a team that they, they love mediocrity. That's why Paul George left. I will say, though, Duarte was looking nice, as well as Sabonis. However, the Charlotte Hornets are a team that only really has one true center. They play P.J. Washington at center sometimes. He's only like 6'7". It's going to be a cake day if there's ever a team that's significantly small like that whenever you have two premier centers in Sabonis and Miles Turner. Despite the fact that they do have a pretty solid team when you think about it, you know, Malcolm Brogdon just signed a contract. Congrats, former Bucks. Still love you, bro. Karis LeVert injured, but has the potential to be really good. TJ Warren, same thing. And then guys I mentioned earlier, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. Duarte, though, whew. Even though he's like 28 years old, nah, I think he's only like 23, 24. So still, still relatively young for the NBA, but as a rookie, looked very nice. He was very comfortable, literally waved off for the last shot as a rookie in his first game. Admire the cojones on that, man. Pause. <laughs> Moving on from there, we got a team that I love very much as well, the Chicago Bulls. 47-35, I think that's about right. Chicago isn't going to blow anyone out of the water during the regular season. I think they'll be one of the more dangerous teams in the playoffs, though, because I think they're a team that, much like a team like Milwaukee, the Lakers, or the Nets, they don't really give a fuck about the regular season. They're just trying to get through, go through the motions so they can really get to what matters, that chip. And I think Chicago is one of those teams that could even if they don't have regular season success, will definitely be a team that you do not want to face in the playoffs. Because, I mean, a lot of those guys are both vets, as well as young guys really, really thirsting for that first taste of playoff basketball. Like Zach Levine, the second he touches playoff basketball, not going to say he's going to be as good as Devin Booker was in his first run, but that dude's going to be a fucking demon. Cleveland at 25 and 57, I take the under here. If they run three seven-footer lineups, they'll get boned a lot by quick teams, I think. They still have the smallest backcourt, so that's why I think they're running the three seven-footers. But overall, Cleveland is just a team with a lot of holes, and I think the fact that they're not willing to address them at this moment is telling that it's going to be another year in the lottery for Cleveland fans. I will say, though, just trade Colin Sexton if you're not going to pay the man. That dude could be like a super nice piece on a team like... Can't think of it off the top of my head, but Colin Sexton is a very, very, very fire basketball player still. And I think the fact that they're not willing to pay him, just trade the man, yo. <laughs> and finally, in the Central Division, we got Detroit, 23-59. and 59. I think that's about right. They do have a solid roster, in my opinion. They got the Canadian sensation, Kelly Olynyk. Oh, they have two, Cana two more Canadians, actually, with Corey Joseph and Trey Lyles. Love to all my Canadians, man, especially NBA. Y'all are... 
super inspiring for Canadians back home here and pray that one day we'll have like a LeBron level Canadian. We might have that with SGA. Okay, but before I get out of hand here, again, Detroit 23-59, I think that's about right. They have a solid roster, but it's not complete though. Cade Cunningham hasn't played his first game yet because he has an ankle injury. Jeremy Grant is a guy that I'm very high on. I think he can have another very solid year. He was a borderline, maybe not all-star, but was definitely in that conversation for most improved. And overall, I think Detroit is on is on the precipice of the very nice beginning of their rebuild. It's just a matter of can they hit on their other picks as well as can this team gel together really well and ignite that spark for Detroit basketball once again. That's going to do it for the best division in the NBA, in my opinion, off of my very biased opinion. From there, let's head over to the Southeast Division. To start things off, in the Southeast Division, we have the Atlanta Hawks. 46-36, and 36. I definitely taken the over here. They're going to be a 50-win team this season. I think even though people want to say that the Atlanta Hawks year was a one-off, I don't know about that. They're a force in the East, man. With a full year under Nate McMillan, that means that connection with those players is going to get even stronger. And like, it's scary. As much as the basketball fan in me wants there to be another Atlanta and Milwaukee matchup in the playoffs, the Bucks fan in me does not want to see those guys there because that team is very dangerous. We've seen that they can beat us. Granted, Giannis got hurt that game. But an L is an L. Atlanta is one of the best teams in the East now, in my opinion. I'd put them over the Sixers, to be honest. And shoot, man, they're sh they're scary. <laughs> now, moving on to Miami at 48-34, and 34, I'd say that's about right. They have an upgraded roster, and Tyler Hero's a daddy now. I mean, we saw what happened when Giannis got a child. We won a fucking title. No, nah, but for real, as I'm recording this, Tyler Hero completely torched us for 27 points. Man could definitely win six man of the year at this point. If I were to give it right now and make my predictions, I would definitely maybe put him in there. As well as the, not only Tyler Hero, but just overall all the pickups they made. PJ Tucker, Total Dog, Kyle Lowry, Thick Dog. <laughs> but when I look at the Miami Heat, they just look like a Miami Heat roster. And that, I think, is a compliment in itself just because... Miami has always been known to create very, very, very good rosters, and I think this is just going to be another one to add on to that history of them being a successful franchise. Might not win a chip because, you know, Milwaukee! But it would be completely false to say that it's going to be a complete cakewalk if they run into each other again in the first round. Now, moving on from there, we got Washington at 41-41. and 41. I'd take the under here. I think Washington's going to stink. Beal's only staying for that Supermax. I can't blame the man. I would want $200 million too. But I do not believe that Bradley Beal is necessarily a, a player that you could build your team around. I think he's super solid as a number two, and he could, and he is definitely a top-level scorer. However, when you're strictly a bucket, I don't think that completely allows you to be a number one, in my opinion. I think you have to be able to do multiple things. You look at Jokic, can do everything. Giannis can do a bit of everything. LeBron, a bit of everything. When it comes to players who are strictly buckets... They technically, or not technically, they tend to be the number two. And with Washington, Bradley Beal definitely does not have the ability to be the number two. He has to be the guy there. But hey, if I'm Washington, I think they got a good chance of making the play-ins this year. From there, Charlotte, 43-39, and 39, over. LaMelo Ball, that's it. LaMelo Ball. No, but for real, LaMelo Ball is a fucking demon. He was crazy in his first game back, 27 points was flirting with a triple-double, 
And overall, I think LaMelo Ball is just poised for a really good year. They didn't even have Scary Terry. If they had Scary Terry, I don't think they would have gone down by 20. I think they would have completely blown the Pacers out the water. When I look at the Charlotte Hornets, they're a good team. It's going to be scary to watch them throughout this season, especially when they play the Bucks. I think they could definitely take a game or two from them. And shoot, man. Charlotte, I think you guys are going to have playoff basketball this year. I know Michael Jordan's happy. And unfortunately, the last team here, we got Orlando at 17-65. and 65. I think it's about right. They're a young team. They're going to lose a lot. But hopefully, they grow just as much, though. If I'm an Orlando Magic fan, my main concern is just the fact that we have a very, very, very big guard room. Definitely going to have to settle for trading some of those guys. Unfortunately, as much as I love the man, I do think Markel Fultz is going to be the guy that is the out is on the outside here. He's just a guy that was super duper crazy in college. Like if you guys have ever seen like Markel Fultz college highlights, that man was a demon. And then Philadelphia fucked him up. But blame set aside, Orlando Magic at 17 to 65, I think that's about right. If anything, they could potentially win just about 20 games or just about less than that. That's going to do it for the Eastern Conference. Now let's head over to the West. We're going to start with the Northwest Division. Starting things off, we got the team that probably had the most disappointing playoff runs, the Utah Jazz. 53-29, I take the over here. They're going to be one of the best teams in the regular season. However, that does not mean anything in the postseason. We've seen how Rudy Gobert was completely made useless. And this is a guy that you're paying $200 million to. I will say, though, Mike Conley was hurt. Donovan Mitchell was hurt. Not saying that that's the reason they lost. However, with just how injuries went and how that whole series went, it was kind of almost like preordained in a sense, but not necessarily that, that the Clippers would win. But when I look at the Utah Jazz, they've upgraded their roster a lot. I like the additions of Hassan Whiteside as well as Eric Pascal. I think Eric Pascal specifically could potentially be another guy, to, not to necessarily build around, but to be a solid rotational player for the next few years for them with a lot of their people getting older. Mike Conley is like 34, 35. Joe Ingles, I think is 36. But regardless of the ages there, because it's got nothing on the Lakers, Utah is going to be a very solid regular season team. And 53 and 29, I take the over there. Denver at 49 and 33, I think is about right. Even without Jamal Murray, Denver's a nice squad. MPJ, was a little too passive for my in my for my liking in that first game. So I hope that he just shoots it a bit more. But at least it was still an efficient night there. And not only that, you got guys like Aaron Gordon. I think that Bones Highland is gonna be a really good rookie for them. I think he's the whole him being a little bit older, as well as having crazy handles. Like if you guys have watched any videos about the Nuggets, all of them are saying, dude, this guy's got the fucking ball on a string. And just the fact that their roster as itself is pretty solid. Will Barden's a really good rookie. Or not rookie. Will Barden's a really good veteran. Facundo Campazzo, I think, is a very nice uh, little small version of a Patrick Beverly when Patrick Beverly's already pretty small. And I think with how uh, Jamal Murray, from what I've seen, is progressing very well, I think he'll definitely play this season. 49 and 33, you can almost take the over there. But I'm making this assumption on the fact that Jamal Murray won't play until probably playoff time or a bit before playoff time 49 and 33 i think is about what the record would be at portland the team i cheer for in the west as much as it pains me at 45 and 37 i take the under here they're gonna be good but not that good again they lack a lot of size compared to other teams 
but they're still going to be looking at a 40 plus win season. But when I just look at the moves they made, it's not a very 45 and 37 off season is what I'll say. However, I think if Anthony Simons continues to come into his own and Larry Nance Jr. starts to ball out since he's playing meaningful basketball for the first time in his career, I really hope I'm wrong about this, but just as I'm looking at right now, Portland 45 and 37, I'd say that's about under what I think they'd be at. Now, coming from there, Minnesota at 35 and 47, fuck, I would hammer the shit out of the over here. Minnesota's gonna be nice. The big three was looking good in the first game. However, I overreact a lot but I'm going to try not to because it was against one of the worst teams in the Houston Rockets. But either way, I think Minnesota is definitely going to be in the playoffs this year, whether it's like a borderline sixth seed or they make their way through the play-ins. Carl Anthony Towns is a madman. D'Angelo Russell, a madman. I think it's complete cap that Anthony Edwards grew to 6'6", but he's a madman. And even Jaden McDaniels was crazy. Like, he didn't put up the good counting stats in terms of points. But five steals, you'll take that any day, man. And to end things off here, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder, 17-65. I think it's about right. They're going to be cheeks. They're probably going to shut down SGA midway through. Those tanking fucks. But this is all in Sam Presti's grand plan in order to draft Deuce Tatum and Cannon Curry with the first first and second pick in the 2035 draft. All jokes aside, Oklahoma City Thunder, I think, would be one of the worst teams in the West this year. But they're in a rebuild, so can't hate on it too much that they suck. Now, coming from the Northwest, we're going to head over to the Pacific Division. See y'all in a bit. Now, when I look at the Pacific Division, I think this is arguably, actually not even arguably, this is definitely the most competitive division in basketball, especially if these teams are all healthy. With Phoenix at 15-32, I'm taking the under. I don't think they're going to be as good this season. The Aiden contract thing and just a lot of their playoff run was contingent on the fact that there are injuries. I don't want to say that's the only reason they made it there if there's no injuries. LeBron and Giannis are playing in the finals or whatever. I just don't think Phoenix will have the same success that they did last year, this year. That's it. But I will say, just fucking pay DeAndre Aiden. I know 14 and 10 is not worth that max money, but shit, man, better than losing him. If I'm guessing what they are actually doing, I'm assuming they're not going to offer him a contract and they're just going to wait till restrictive free agency when he does get offered the money and then match it there. Because those teams can't offer him the max money that he's looking for. The most they can get from him is like, still max money, but not five years 200 million dollars that this dude wants which i think is fucking crazy to pay a guy that averaged 14 and 10 coming from phoenix we're heading to la we got the clippers at 43 and 39 i think that's about right paul george will keep the ship afloat but it's not the same without their best player though paul george has had a really solid game today he went fucking crazy like when he had this no call and man the clippers are going to be good even though they lost super solid roster terrence mann i think is poised to break out and they're very much like the Raptors where it's all about holding out until Kawhi comes back. But they have Paul George to, again, keep the ship afloat. Now, coming from that LA team, we got another LA team. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. These guys are supposed to be at 53-29. Ah, shit. I'm taking the under. The Lakers, I think, are going to be very meh in the regular season. This is a team that's built for a playoff run. I think they're just going to try to coast through and just make it to the playoffs, whether it's the sixth seed having to play through the play-in again. I just don't see the Lakers having, especially early regular season success. Obviously, late season, once everything's clicking, that team's almost unstoppable. I will say, 
the spacing is still complete ass. But hey, if when it's all said and done, they do come away with the chip. Doesn't matter. They won the chip. Now, coming from that unknown team with these guys. I don't know if y'all ever heard of LeBron James, Anthony Davis. But okay, okay sorry. I'm going to stop that. We got Golden State, 15-32. Definitely taking the over here. Golden State will be a top seed this season. Mark my words. Probably be one of the three best teams. Golden State at 50-13-2. I'm hammering the over there. Golden State will be a top seed this season. Will definitely be the best three-point team this season. You know, just an educated guess. They got... They're getting the second greatest shooter back, in my opinion. And just when I look at the upgrades they made, crazy. Nemanja Bielitsa is playing like Nikola Jokic right now. Otto Porter Jr. I think was a really solid pickup, especially with those two guys playing on Vetmin. And the fact that they got two solid rookies, cannot complain. Golden State Warriors definitely had one of the best offseasons, in my opinion, despite the fact that a lot of people think they should have went in and got a big fish. I think they got a nice, nice few small fish that could turn into big fish. But either way, you're preparing yourself for the future. Not necessarily without Curry, but once he's not the same dominant force that he is right now. And to end things off in the Pacific, we got Sacramento at 33-49. and 49. I'm taking the over here, man. Sacramento. I'm a big believer in the playoffs for Sacramento, but they should trade Marvin Bagley ASAP. Marvin Bagley will forever, regardless of what he does, unless he wins an MVP or becomes like a GOAT-level player, he'll always be known as the guy who got taken before Luka. Trey Young and all these guys that are starting to get paid. Now Marvin Bagley's still a guy I believe in, but I think his just his stay in Sacramento is done, and I don't think there's any way to repair the damage that's been done. So much like with a player like Bull Bull, he should be traded and allow that man to pursue greener pastures. That's gonna do it for the Pacific. Now let's head over to the Southwest. Now, as the last division we're going to be looking at today, first team up, we got Dallas. 49-33, and 33, I'm taking the under here. I think they'll be a good, like, fifth or sixth seed, which is still good because you missed the play-in. However, I, I don't see them winning 49 games. I think with Porzingis being as injury-prone as he is and the fact that he's not going to play 82 games, this team is not really built to, uh, to win a championship, I'll say that. They're missing their third guy. I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. could be that guy. He's good, but not, you know, not third man good. Like, he's not Drew Holiday. Regardless, though, Dallas, I think, is going to have a good season. Jason Kidd, I think, can really turn that ship around. And shoot, they could make some noise. But again, I don't see them winning 49 games. Moving on. Memphis at 42-40. and 40. I'm taking the over here. John Morant will be an all-star this year, and I think they'll either be a sixth seed or have to go through the play-in again. But either way, Memphis is going to be a very, very good team this year, especially when they get back the Canadian Dylan Brooks. Next up, we got San Antonio at 32-50. and 50. I'd take the over here. I can't doubt Pop. I can't doubt the greatest coach of all time. They made the play-in last season, which I think a lot of people tend to forget because I think we're all, I mean, I mean, especially me, I'm just in this like idea that the San Antonio Spurs are complete buns. But I mean, they wouldn't have made the playoffs with the play-in or whatever if that wasn't inserted this year. But all jokes set aside, Calvin Johnson and DeJounte Murray, breakout season incoming. I think these two are going to be the next. I'm not putting them on the pedestal of fucking Tim Duncan, the greatest, one of the greatest power forwards of all time, and Tony Parker, one of the best point guards of his era. However... I think these two guys 
and have a chance to continue the legacy and success of the San Antonio Spurs. A team with not necessarily a make it or break it season, but it definitely has that feeling. We got the New Orleans Pelicans, 42 and 40. I take the over here. I think they're still solid without Zion. Devontae Graham was a really good pickup. I think he has a chance to revive. It wasn't even that bad of a season, but numbers wise, yes, it was, but I digress. Picking up Jonas Valanciunas, who I think is one of the most underrated big men in the league, was a very, very good pickup. Dude shot 19 times. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jonas Valanciunas shot 19. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just crazy to think that this dude put up 19 shots. But, okay, here's the one. Jonas Valanciunas put up 19 shots in his first game with the Pelicans. If he made a bunch more... This would be going a completely different shift in this narrative. Jonas Valanciunas is still very good. However, I think he's better suited as that third option. And once Zion comes back, whew, going to be nice. And Nikhail Alexander-Walker is going to have a breakout season. He already had a very nice first game. And man, when you look at all those all those factors factoring in, 42 and 40, I definitely see them going over. Last but not least, a team I said was going to be fun to watch, but completely shit the bed in their first game. The Houston Rockets at 18-64. I think this is about right or could be slightly over. I can see them winning 20 games. However, when your point guard is turning over the ball nine times, ain't no fucking way you deserve to win. Now, I still believe in KPJ and I get that this is his first season playing point guard. So it's still a big, big, big learning curve. I think he'll definitely be able to adjust to it. But it may take a season or two. So that's why at 18 and 64, I'd say that's about right or slightly over, you know, and that might be 20 and 20 and 62. And with that, that is going to do it for looking at all these teams and their over and unders. But I will say, though, all of this shit don't really mean nothing. It's all just predictions, but it's always fun to do. And it's something that I think every basketball fan loves discussing because it's just it's just an extension of like, man, my team's better than yours because we got such and such. Oh no, my team's better because we got such and such. And at the essence of all talking of basketball, I think that's really the purest form and that's what I love the most about talking about basketball. But that is going to do it for another issue of the Bucks and Six podcast. I appreciate you listening in. If you aren't aware, we I do, not we because it's just me right now. I do have a YouTube channel that I'm starting up soon. I mean, I've started uploading the issues there and I will continue to do that, but we're going to do other things, whether it be, you know, short little reels. We've got the TikTok as well. And I already have the Instagram and Twitter set up for this podcast. All of those you can find at Bucks and Six Pod. Appreciate it if you would follow it. You don't have to, but I would appreciate it. And regardless, the NBA season is back. I'm super duper excited that it's back. We're going to, again, eight months of nothing but pure, 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 Mwah, chef's kiss basketball gonna be amazing and all of this just for the milwaukee bucks just to repeat man <laughs> now all jokes aside again appreciate you all listening in and remember there aren't a lot of guarantees in life but the things you can bank on are death taxes and bucks and six take care y'all Six always. That's, that's for the culture.